Everybody, what is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today, we are reading Luke 2, 19 through 20. And before we dive in, I would love to just thank all of you who have left reviews on this podcast. Leaving a review helps new friends find Join the Journey, and some may even be finding it to study the Bible for the first time. So if you're just now jumping in for this Advent season, we would love it if you left a review. It really helps the podcast reach others. All of that said, I am here in the podcast studio with the one and only Kelsey Foreman. Hey, hey. Kelsey, I'm glad to have you here. Your podcast debut. That's right. I'm glad to be here. We've got a lot to talk about today. I know we're only we're only assigned two verses, but we, we're going to talk for a while on the scriptures. So I'm just going to do rapid fire, get to know you. All right. The questions will start serious, move to a little more fun. Okay. Sounds good. Most importantly... You know the Lord, right? I do. <laughs> How old were you when you came to know the Lord? I came to the Lord when I was 16, but I would say I started to walk with Jesus in college. Love it. What do you do for work? I work for the Watermark Institute. For oh, weekend. shout out. It's amazing. Applications are out now if you want to apply for next year's class. For those who don't know what the Institute is, what, what is it? We are discipling and equipping the next generation of church leaders. I love it. And uh, if you want more information, links in the episode description. Kelsey, when you were little, you're a young girl, what did you want for Christmas? What was the present that you just wanted so badly? So this will be pretty on brand for me. Um, The two gifts that I can remember wanting the most, and I did get, were a really big telescope and some cheetah luggage. Cheetah luggage. Uh-huh. It was su- like rolling suitcase. suitcase. Yeah. Hard shell? Cheetah. Yes. Well, it was soft, soft because it was cheetah. Oh, it was oh, like, like soft furry. cheetah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. So How old were you? <laughs> <laughs> Too old to be wanting that. That's amazing. That is amazing. Do I still have it? No. Yeah, do I you? Wish. You I use wish. it to this day. <laughs> I wish. It's, it's on my Christmas most... <laughs> list this year. <laughs> New luggage is on your Christmas yeah. list. Yeah, cheetah. We've really come full circle. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, I can't think of anything better to to lead us into Luke 2 <laughs> than cheetah luggage. Cheetah luggage. Yeah, I'm sure there were cheetahs in the manger. That's right. But yeah. That's right. Uh, Kelsey, why don't you set up this text for us? You've been assigned Luke 2, 19 through 20, but those verses really find themselves in the middle of a broader story that we've been walking through over the last week and a half. So catch us up. If somebody's just now jumping in today, what did they miss? So if you were jumping in today and you just read 18 and 19, I would encourage you to back up to Luke 1. And so in Luke 1, what we see is that Caesar Augustus puts out a decree that the whole known world is to be registered. Registered for the census. Registered for the census. And so Joseph, being from the lineage of David, takes Mary, his soon-to-be wife, back to uh, Bethlehem, um, the birth of the, the city of David, the birthplace of David, um, to be registered. And as we found out in Luke 1, um, Mary is pregnant. And we don't know how pregnant, but— Like how far along she is. Yeah, we don't know how far along. She's super pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> but we find out shortly after they make this trek to Bethlehem, which mm-hmm. is not for the faint of heart. It's no. about 80 miles. And they're not on a Southwest flight. They no, pre- are. no pregnant woman is excited about that trip. Nope, nope. So she are, they're making this treacherous trek to Bethlehem to be counted in the census. 
And um, the text tells us that shortly after they get there, it's time to have Jesus. Um, And so they look around and they can't find anywhere um, for Jesus to be born. And so they lay him in a manger and commentaries are divided on what this manger was. Some believe that it was literally a stable where there were animals. Some believe that it was a cave. Right. Um, I've seen pictures of what the caves could look like in Bethlehem. Oh, you have? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When I when I hear a cave or other commentaries said grotto, hmm. I thought of like MTV Cribs. But I don't, oh, I don't think that's what that looked like. No, the at pictures, that time. Ryan Garahan on staff, we can everybody email rgarahan at watermark.org. <laughs> but he's got a picture. When he went to Israel, they took them to like what the cave could have been. And it was more of a open faced cave in a rock cliff with a big opening. So not ideal no. for a pregnant woman no, to have her child in. Not at all. Um, but that's that's where they went, and that's where Jesus was born. And when we pick up in verse eight, we see that. The shepherds, that same night, there are some shepherds in this region, and they're out in the field, and they're keeping watch of their flock. And it says that an angel of the Lord appears to them, and the glory of God shines around them, around these angels, and that the shepherds are feel filled with great fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and the angels basically tell these shepherds of this good news that the Savior of the world has been born this very night. Um, and there's kind of an assumption in them telling. They start to tell um, these shepherds where Jesus is, just assuming that they're going to go. Mm. Um, and they do. So they they head to where Jesus has been born. And they begin to tell Mary um, all that the angels have told them um, as it pertains to Jesus. I think it's significant that God chose these shepherds to be the first ones to hear of the Savior's birth. And it's interesting, it's significant because at this time, shepherds had a lowly place in society. Hmm. Um, And because of their work by Mosaic law, they were considered ceremonially unclean. Um, Their job was to keep the sheep and protect them and care for them. And actually, because of the region that they were in, they likely were caring for these sheep that were used in the temple sacrifices. That that these shepherds yeah, that's neat. who were sacrificing, raising these sheep that were going to be sacrificed for the sins of the people, that they were the first ones that God said, go and see my son. Mm-hmm. And that they were ceremonially unclean. And that's who God chose to be the first ones to encounter his son. And so I love that. I love that they got to tell, they themselves Mm -hmm. marveled at the coming of Christ. And then they got to go tell Mary um, and Joseph. And I love Mary. Yeah, let's, let's talk about Mary. Gosh, I love Mary. What do you see in her response? I think we forget that Mary is living this real time Hmm. when we read this. Like we have the scriptures and we know the story, but she's living this real time. Mm -hmm. And so when Gabriel, the angel comes to her, you know, just a chapter before this and tells her it's, it's not an exhaustive explanation (laughs) that she's going to birth the savior of the world. And so she's really learning in real time. And I think it's so kind of God. We really see his kindness to her and assurance to her in so many instances, one being, again, chapter one, 
after she finds out, he, Gabriel tells her about Elizabeth being being pregnant also with um, John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. And so Mary goes trying to process the fact that she's about to have a child, <laughs> yeah. the savior of the world. Like what is going on in her life? Yeah. And, uh, and so she goes to Elizabeth and John the Baptist leaps in Elizabeth's womb and Elizabeth starts proclaiming um, who Jesus is and marveling and worshiping him. Um, and then... And then you have this instance, and and mm. and uh, when Elizabeth does that, what I think God is doing there is encouraging Mary and reminding her, because I'm sure Mary thought, "What is going on? Was I hallucinating? Mm-hmm. Like, did that actually happen? You know, is this actually right? Is this happening? my real life? Right?" And I think God's being so kind to say, "I know this is a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this would be a lot. You know, this this is crazy." Um, and yet He is being so kind to give her people to remind her. Um, from him that this is what's happening. And I think that's what the shepherds are doing. They're coming and saying, God told us, the glory of God shown to us, told us that the Savior was going to be born. And we're here almost to encourage you and remind you that this is what's happening. Mm. You're not crazy. (laughs) This is crazy, but you're not, you know. You're not crazy, Mary. Yeah, I want to remind you what God's doing. Mm -hmm. Kelsey, how do you, as we wrap up, we're, we're cutting close on time. How do you live differently because of what you read in Luke 2? Specifically these two verses, but in in Luke 2. What we can learn about Mary's response to the shepherds, I think what we learn is that our response, like Mary's, in this Christmas season season and in every season, is to marvel at God. Um, That he would, in the fullness of time, Galatians says— choose that his son would be born of a a random girl in a Mm. tiny little town in a lowly manger with unclean shepherds coming to proclaim his arrival. Um, And that this is our God coming to dwell among his creation, humble and lowly. Um, We should be in awe of that and treasure that in our heart in the same way that Mary does. It should cause great wonder and reverence in our hearts this Christmas season um, and every other season. And it should remind us of Daniel 2, 21, that he changes seasons and times. He removes kings and sets up kings. He is completely in control of world events and history and today. Um, And so it's not random that he chose to send Christ um, to Bethlehem to be born in that manger at that time. And we should, like Mary, marvel that he would choose to do it in that way. I love it, Kelsey. Thank you for sharing with us. And for jumping in on the podcast, we'll have to have you back. Thanks for letting me be here. It was so fun. I, I love this text. I My heart feels more prepared for the Christmas Advent season because of it. So thanks for inviting me. You're welcome. You are so welcome. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.